Welcome to the EC Men Podcast, where we're not afraid to take on the issues of today. I'm your host, Dan, along with co-host Roger. Let's get into it. Episode 17, Masculine Insecurities. I feel like this one's going to be heavy, Roger. I don't know, man. Like, I think that um, we are so insecure, we're going to be able to talk about it very fluently. <laughs> You're going to take that spin on it, aren't you? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Dude, I got insecurities, man. I ain't gonna lie. Well, I ain't gonna well lie about why it. do we always look at people with judgment in our eyes or with a, you know, a a, um, a, a gossiping um, precept or some other sinful thing if we're not insecure with what we do? You know, that's, that's how true. I'm looking at it. And so, like, when you that's find why your, we do it. when you find your identity in Christ. You don't have to be insecure, but obviously yep. we're men and we're fallible and we're not God. And so we have these insecurities that we're going to talk about tonight. So this is going Amen. to be awesome. And I'm, I think so too, man. I judge myself harshly and it's an issue. But anyway, let's, yeah, let's reset this for a second. Welcome back to the EC Med podcast. I'm Dan. He's Roger. We're your hosts. We're enjoying this tremendously. We appreciate your support. Uh, you are listening, uh, you're giving us feedback, you're encouraging us, you're asking for more of it, and we praise God for all of that. So thank you for tuning in, and we're just praying that God will continue to use the ministry of EC Men, not just the podcast, but what it does for a framework for men's ministry in the church to have an impact on your life personally, on your marriage, on your family, on your church, and on your community. So, Yeah. So, hey, we talked about a testimony of somebody who has experienced DC men. And so I have a private testimony. Um, I don't know. Do you, did you talk to Matt at all about that? Did you get any information from him? No. So I do have a private testimony that I'm not going to reveal the name on, but I'm just going to give you a for instance. And so so this individual um, made some bad decisions uh, financially without consulting with his wife. And then... Um, he basically ended up in a divorce situation and, and now he's rededicated his life to Christ and he is um, trying to reconcile that relationship with his wife and, and getting his debt and finances all in line with where Christ wants him to be and all that stuff like that. And he's doing awesome and EC men are wrapping around him and they're helping him out and we're, and we're having daily communications with him and he's really growing in the faith. And so like, I'm just extremely proud of the guy. And so, uh, so, uh, I just wanted you to, the people out here that are listening to latch on to a guy that, you know, if you can help him, try to help him. If he needs help, try to, to give him what help he needs. And if you're that guy that needs help, don't be afraid to reach out to one of your brothers that you may think have it all together because we don't, you know what I mean? There are guys out there that, that think they have it all together, but they don't. And so one of the things that you need to know is that each person out there um, is willing to give their, give their testimony to you and willing to listen to your testimony and willing to take that to the Lord in prayer. So don't, don't sit on those things yourself. Man, that's powerful. And I love to hear that, you know, and there's, there's so many stories like that of God changing the lives of men and it's happening in community one with another. So don't be afraid to go and build those friendships Amen. with each other. Amen. So, yeah. But episode 17, masculine insecurity. So insecurity is a definition, Roger. Okay. Just textbook for a second. Then we can have the real conversation. It means a lack of assurance or confidence. It can mean doubt or apprehension. So I don't know about you, but I feel... You know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, Roger, I feel like I'm the most secure guy in the world and I'm just flying by. And then insecurity seems like it just shows up, slaps me in the face, knocks me down. And I can go from zero to 60 real fast, especially the word that stands out to me there is is apprehensive. I just become doubtful, discouraged, frustrated. Well, let me just say I'm going to go into this from the... Um the Roger method of communication where I'm going to tell a story. Okay. All right. Hey, 
Sounds good, man. I like stories. Especially <laughs> hey, Rod. I like a good Roger story. I'm going to tell a Roger story, okay? And I'm going to tell yeah. a story of a guy who thought that he had no insecurities, right? Mm. And I'm going to tell a story of a guy that didn't worry about how big he got, didn't think that he had any kind of health issues, didn't think that um, he owed his wife to take care of himself. Um, I'm going to talk to you about a guy who who could walk through life and say, I don't care if this person likes me, that person likes me, like me or love me. I'm just going to be the same as who I am. I'm going to talk about that guy for a minute. And I'm going to tell you how the Lord transformed that guy from being this. There's a difference between insecurity and arrogance. And Mm. so, and so I think insecurities are healthy because they keep you in check with your pride right? Mm. Because that yeah. apprehension and that being unsure or that doubt or confidence can also yeah. be a gift from God to keep mm. you in check of where you're going. So I wanted to right. start off with that tonight, coming from a guy who was extremely arrogant, didn't think he had any problems, could walk down the road mm. and say and do whatever he wanted to. And if I offended you, I wasn't even worried about it. To a guy now who has apprehensions who has insecurities, who has, right. you know, doubts about if he's doing the right thing, only because the Holy Spirit's working in my heart saying, Roger, should you be talking like that? Shouldn't you care about that person's feelings? You were awfully abrasive in what you did. You know, your body is not, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You should take care of that. You know, you owe it to your wife to to live longer, so you should, you should watch your diet. Like those things, even though if you look at them from a sinful aspect, they can be daunting, you know, and something that can be overwhelming to you. But if you look at them from the Lord giving you them for you to work on for yourself, that's a whole different perspective. Dude, I love it. And I wasn't going to mention this passage until much later, but dude, I just want to go there right now because of exactly what you're describing in your relationship to God and the transformation that you've experienced. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I mean, what you just described is just fresh off the pages of scripture and the apostle Paul's own experience. Verse seven, second Corinthians 12, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. You know, he goes on to implore the Lord to take it away from him. And the Lord, you know, denies that, except that the Lord then famously says to him, verse nine, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, the apostle says, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. That sounds exactly what you just said. And and so, um, look, I'm I am only boasting of all this because Christ has showed me that these things are your faults, and these things are what you need to work on, and you're not going to be complete until I'm in the center of each one of those of those things and and guiding you in the way that you need to go. So you're saying you found the grace of God to be sufficient for every place of weakness in your life. If I utilize the grace of God correctly, <laughs> you know, that's the key. Yeah. So I'll tell you as a, as a less mature Christian, cause I don't think I'm completely mature yet as a less mature I Christian, I would have said, well, you know what? I'm covered by the grace of Christ in the way that I talk to people. If they don't understand it, that's their problem. They have to take that to Christ to figure it out. But now I'm saying, you know what? Yeah. I need to humble myself. I'm sorry that I offended you. I'm sorry that you know that you um, that you didn't understand how I was how I was talking to you was just in the way that I talk to people. Let me rephrase it so that it's less abrasive for you, or that I can help you, or I don't congratulate you, or I don't, or I or I try to brush you off, or whatever. There's a tons of tons of things that I do, um, but now I'm able to realize it. Or another Christian brother or my wife will say, you know what. You, you shouldn't have talked to that person that way. 
And then I'm able yeah. to have the opportunity to go back and say, hey, look, I apologize if I offended you in some sort of way. It wasn't my intention. Um, let's start this again and, and let's have this conversation over. So what changed? Like, when did you come to that realization? Was there a transformation point where this began to shift from arrogant Roger to more of a humble Roger that was in need of the grace of God and actually craved huh. the grace of God in his life? Well, let me just tell you. So this is a a, a reoccurring theme <laughs> from, yeah, yeah. from probably the last, you know, I'm 52 now. My birthday was just last week. 52 yeah. years I've been told, hey, you're a jerk. You know what I mean? Like you act like a right. you act like a jerk sometimes, and I'm like, they just don't know how to take me, or they don't understand me, or, or they're too soft, or they're snowflakes, or you know, they just want to be pampered, you know, or whatever the situation was. I would yeah. always blame the other person, and I'm just telling you, it's mm. only been for probably six, five to six months now, where that transformation in my life has been to be like, man, why am I always the one that gets the, why'd you roll your eyes at me? Why'd you talk to me condescendingly? Why did you, why did you um, speak so gruff to me? You know, all these different things or, and so now I'm trying to learn and my wife's a counselor, so she's helping me of phrasing to use. Like when I don't agree with you, I would be like, man, what's wrong with you? You're nuts. Like that doesn't even make any sense to me or whatever, you know? Now I'm like, could you please help me understand why you feel that way about that subject? And then you're able to have that equal ground conversation. And I don't have to be offended because it's your, it's your idea. It's your idea. So I shouldn't be offended by it anyways. And the way I ask the question is less offensive and they don't feel so insecure about what they don't, they don't feel dumb. I don't make them feel, because I had a big problem with making people feel stupid about what they were doing. And so, like, I'm still not perfect by no means at it, but it's making it a lot better in my life than what it was before. Yeah, but that was born, that was born out of humility, right? which is awesome. So the closer that you've gotten to Christ has actually revealed more insecurities in your life? Yeah, because I think we as men um, compensate for our insecurities with arrogance, pride, divisiveness, um, all these things, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how you are, but like, if my wife wants to do a building project in the house, sometimes I get offended by it because I'm like, stay in your lane. Like I'll I'll deal with it. (laughs) But what I've realized is that she has value to that conversation where I didn't think that she had value. So I wasn't honoring her. I was, um, you know, toxic masculinity, if you want to say, that's a thing that people say nowadays and just disregarding her as a female, totally. You can decorate it after I build it type of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But my insecurity was that she knew maybe a little bit more about building it than what I did at the present moment, because she might've researched some stuff, had some great ideas. And so this was a point of contention in our relationship Mm -hmm. throughout a, a gamut of things, not just building something. There'd be a lot of things where I would feel insecure because she knew more than I did or that she would then force me to listen to her instead of me being the leader. And that's nothing but um, insecurity. You know, you could still be the leader of your house and listen to your, your wife tell you how to build a dresser. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't take away from your leadership of the home. That actually adds to it because you're giving her value in things that you're doing in the home, you know? Anyways, I don't know know how we got on this, right? But but, I don't know either. It it got personal for you. That's cool. Now, because that protects me from me sharing my insecurities. (laughs) Um, I I find this fascinating. I think this whole subject of insecurities is much broader than even I realized when we were having pre-discussions and setting up show notes and things like that. I mean, it's just a... It's deep and it's it's I think what I'm finding fascinating too is it's not necessarily as sinister or as evil as we want to label it. In other words, we think, oh, masculine insecurity. So the the path of the episode ought to be like, here's the weaknesses in men that they experience, and here's the power of God to change that weakness into something greater. But that's not necessarily the path. 
we can actually embrace some of our insecurities instead of trying to escape them because the insecurities are actually going to draw us closer to the grace of God and maybe even closer to the power of God. Not that we make excuses for weakness or areas where we struggle, but I find it fascinating going back to the Second Corinthians 12 passage that the Lord didn't remove the messenger of Satan that tormented the Apostle Paul. That seems unfair to me. I like I got questions for God on that, and so did Paul. In our weakness is where we're the strongest because we have to utilize Christ to get to the, the goal line. And there's the rub, isn't right, it? Right, right. You're supposed there to be it weak. Is. In your weakness, you are strong. Jesus loves me, this I know. For where we are weak, he is strong, right? That's right. That's in that yeah. old song. There you go. You got me singing on a podcast again. I know. It happens frequently. Right. Where, where he is weak, we are strong. And so in every yeah. one of our insecurities, we should find out a way that God can use your insecurity for his glory. And so like... So our, well, our weakest places then can become some of our strongest places. Right, because you know why? A thousand men out there that are in contact with you on a monthly basis have those exact same weaknesses. And when you start talking about them and you start giving Christ the glory for overcoming them, that strengthens them to be able to do the same thing. But I thought we weren't allowed to talk about our weaknesses. I mean, I thought we're not supposed to because then we look like some some weak moron, right? I mean, isn't that the point? Like, I think, what if what if Roger knew this about me? You know, maybe he doesn't want me on the podcast anymore. Maybe he wouldn't wouldn't say that he respects me anymore, right? I mean, who knows what the consequences are if I come clean about my vulnerabilities. Lies from the pit of hell. That's exactly what Satan did. It's the same sin as what's it's the same deception, I should say, as what the Garden of Eden was. Yeah. God doesn't want you to know what he knows. God doesn't right. want you to to experience what he experiences. Right. That power out there for your insecurity is there for you to tap into and to carry it through to the next person that needs that power as well. Yeah, man, we just have it all wrong in our mentality. And it's so hard for us to step out of that just rigid mentality of whatever weakness I have. I have to bury it beneath a thousand layers of bravado. Right. And and supposed masculine strength or or whatever. So. I'll give, yeah. you a, I'll give you a scenario right now. Um, yeah. Like I'm on this school board, you know, and uh, uh-huh. and so uh, on on the school board, you know, I'm the last remaining uh, reelected uh, position there. Right. And so yeah. and so um, like I was expected to be the president of the board. You know what I mean? And, right. And so there was a conversation had by a couple different uh people that are been there two years and I've been there for a couple people that have been there two years or less um, that had issue with me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so when I heard these issues and they were the same thing I hear from everybody else, it's like um, you're too gruff. You cut people off. You roll your eyes. <laughs> you laugh at them. Uh-huh. All these, all these things that are, my insecure things that I do to cover my insecurities up. Right. Um, that's what we don't like about you. And we don't know that you would be a good president. Right. So at that point I had to make a decision. Am mm-hmm. I going to take the, am I going to take the God path where I, I identify in Christ. I don't identify in any position on the board. Right. And so, like, uh-huh. I'm going to fall, let let my let my insecurities rest with him, or I'm yeah. going to fight for this position. I'm going to be worldly. I'm going to say I'm going to put my name out there. I'm going to do all these worldly things that brings me glory, and not mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, right? Right. And so right. I had to wrestle with that, and I wrestled with it for like the last three weeks. And, and so I just made my decision final today where I called each person individually and said, look, I'm not running for that president's position. And this is why, because I, I, I am not at the point where I'm able to 
not always be the person that you want me to be. So I'm going to be gruff. I'm going to be ignorant. I'm going to all these different things. I'm working on that through Christ. Right. And I'm going to go ahead and set that aside because I don't need that power, that false power, really, that that that, that's there for me. And so, like, people are like, man, I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you set that aside. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I wish you would change your mind, whatever. And I'm like, I know what I'm doing is what Christ wants me to do. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And so, like, I think that that's what men across the world need to do is to set down that false power that they think they have in their homes, in their jobs, in their in their friend groups, all these different places. And rely on Christ to guide you, direct you, and carry you to be the lights and hands and feet of Jesus. So the old Roger would have just fought his way through whatever that talk was about your character. And you just would have forced your way aggressively past that. Absolutely. But the, but the transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, Roger, right. is actually able to do something stronger by taking a humble position. Right, right. And then and that's awesome. And it, it, dude, let me tell you, it was a hard pill to swallow. Like I didn't want to do it. And I was like, well, pride always is a hard pill. to swallow. I was like, Lord, why are you doing this to me? You know? And I'm going to tell you yeah. another thing. I'm going to tell you another thing. And yeah. so my wife had a great perspective on this. So there's a ton of history. We could have a whole podcast about this, but um, in my life, I've always been held back from number one, in all my positions, like in the corrections, I was held back from a, from a promotion. Um, you know, like, uh, it, when I was in the union, I was always just, I was just the vice president. I was never the president. You know, there's all these different positions that are worldly that I was always yeah. second is where I could ever get to never first. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the elders at my church, um, asked me if I was interested in being the chairperson for the deacon committee, which I'm first. So my, my wife says to me, she's like, why are you striving for worldly firsts? And the Lord gave you, the Lord has given you his kingdom first, right? Yeah. He's like, he's mm. given you that, that whatever you're striving for in that realm right. and not in the worldly realm. And I had to think about right. that, man. I'm like, man, because my insecurity is, is why am I always second? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why am I not able to attain that next level? You know why? Because the Lord wants me to lead in his kingdom, not in the world. And I'm good with that. That's right. And I'm good with that. Man, the Lord is doing a lot in your life, and I just love seeing it. I mean, I've only known you the last, what, year, really, basically. I mean, we went to, to Oklahoma just a little over a year ago at right. this point. But, man, to see the transformation that God is doing, and he's doing a work of humility that is try being, just an awesome y'all thing. Y'all try being me, man. It's like a roller coaster at times. <laughs> I love our conversations, dude. Like even not just the ones that are here for the world to hear, you know, via podcast, yeah. but the phone calls we have when you're just humble and you call and you say like, look, I'm stuck. I'm in a, right. I'm in a spot. I'm in a predicament. Like, right. dude, I love that. So I love your heart, brother. I love, I love Jesus, man. Yes, always, I see that. He's just always showing me that he's better than the world. You know what I mean? That's right. So, hey, let, yes, he is. let's get off of this and let's move on to the next thing, man, because uh, I've taken up too I like much that. time. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not too much time at all, man. That's that's where it's real is, is right there. It's just, it's just hitting it. So, but, yeah. Well, let's go. So what let's do you want to do? do uh, you want to do this? All right, so. <laughs> The Men's Journal Top 8 Mel... I have to tell you what I was just looking at. Somebody sent me a a, a, a trail cam picture of an area that we're going to drive tomorrow morning with a huge yeah. buck in it, right? So I was just like, whoa, I, I lost my head for a minute, man. I went into rut mode instead of Mel's security mode, right? But here I'm back. All right. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Men's Journal uh, Top 8 Insecurities article posted November 2022 relationship instability wife girlfriend other men and co-workers how do you relate yeah i don't know that that one's that's not one that i feel is an insecurity for me right even though it's number one on their list um but i i 
love my relationships. I mean, whether it's from the most important with the Lord and then secondary with my wife, with my kids and the home front mm-hmm. or to my relationship with my friends, my community. I mean, I just love people no matter where I'm at. I love people too much because my wife's like, why are you talking to strangers on the elevator? And um, so I, I, that's not one of the that's not one of my insecurity buttons that gets pushed at all. Like, I feel good around people, man, and I just live for it. Maybe that's just part of my personality, but give me a room full of people and I feel good. Me neither, man, because like uh, like the Lord's given me my wife and I'm incredibly blessed, so I don't have to worry about that. I don't really um, you know, think about being with any other woman or nothing like that. And, you know, with all my friends and things like that, like, you know, they're just awesome people, man. My coworkers are awesome. So I don't really, I don't have that insecurity either. Um, but number two, job yeah. insecurity. Okay. So you're a pastor, man. Yep. What's that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's just like number one. I mean, I'll I'll have some later in the list so people don't think I'm a cocky guy and have no insecurities. I've, I've got some coming up in the list that are going to hit me between the eyes. But same thing as relationship insecurity. I don't, I don't feel job insecurity. I mean, I, I love my church. I, I kind of feel like my church loves me, or at least that's how it's felt for, you know, the 18 years we've been here and it's been a nice long run. And I I fully expect it's going to be a nice long run as we continue down the the road. And I love what I do. You know, every day doesn't doesn't feel like going to to work for me. I mean, it's it's ministry, and I love it. And I love the people I work with and the people that I that I get to serve. So, yeah. So um, you know, job insecurity to me means like um, you have to worry about losing it, or you know yeah. that um, you're not very good at it. You know what I mean? Well, the Lord's blessed mm-hmm. me. And this may sound arrogant, but my whole life, like I went in the Air Force, I went and then I was in the military. I mean, I was in the uh, Department of Corrections for 25 years, and I worked for this company. And so, like the Lord's just always given me security in that in that regard, where I didn't have to worry about whether I was going to get fired. And and He's also given me the gifts to be good at it. So, you know, like um, yeah. I'm just thankful uh, above all that that I didn't have those things. But you know, talking to other men that um that aren't in that same situation and i have over the past two years of being with ec men it's a real thing out there so you know like if you're a guy that's struggling with um you know you you just lost your job you're not happy with your job you don't feel secure at your job you're not good at your job you know you don't have to hold on to that on yourself like you can find somebody to talk to man reach out to me i'll have a conversation with you, sit down and pray with you. You know, we'll, we can look yeah. at some options that you have for other, other things that are out there, but don't feel that you're trapped in what you're doing. You know what I mean? So like there are men out there that I do think struggle with that uh, greatly, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that goes for all of these and probably even stepping back to number one with relationship inst- instability. There's no doubt that there's guys that are listening that probably threw a, a rock at their, you know, iPhone or whatever they're listening to us on because, you know, they hear us happily married or this or that and don't feel that insecurity. And they're saying, man, I wish it was like that for me. So, yeah, I think there's there's going to be emotions that come with this conversation that we're having tonight. And, you know, I wish we could we could jump forward to some of the things we're going to say towards the end about trusting the Lord and bringing it to the Lord. And I guess in a way we've already talked about that somewhat with how it pushes us closer to the Lord, because the reality is our insecurities are either going to, they're going to leave us spent and dry and empty, or they're going to bring us to the father and he's going to provide for us and care for our needs. So yeah, it's a good point. Absolutely, man. And so like the next one is financial insecurity, making enough, saving enough, investing enough. Yep. What do you think? Boom. This this is one where I start to feel something. Um and not not as much as some that are the, that are to come. I've got some other more insecure areas, but financial insecurity, I mean I've I've never been one who felt like, you know, I was well, how should I say it? I, I will say it this way. I've just always trust the Lord with my finances. But if I if I stood with some like financial guru with some kind of like financial health test, you know, looking at the future and investments and, you know, retirement plans and stuff like that, man, I would be an abject failure, you know, in reaching any kind of standard that needs to be reached. 
Um, and part of that is just doing the work of ministry and trusting God. And the thing I can say is that God has never let me down. He has even at times supernaturally and miraculously met my financial needs and provision for my family, despite sometimes feeling financially insecure in the moment. So definitely one that I can feel a little bit more. Well, I can tell you right now, with a senior in high school, yep. um, I've never felt more financially insecure <laughs> than in the past 17 years that they've been alive and 20 that I've been married. Um, so obviously, you know, we're we're hoping for scholarships and we, we make too, probably too much money for some Pell Grants or anything like that. And, you know, so we have this looming college debt. We don't know how much it's going to be, whether it's going to be anything or, you know, we don't know what the Lord has in store. But we're faithful to the Lord. And he's yeah. going to he's going to prepare us for that. And, you know, we have a little bit that we've been responsible with, but not near enough because, you know, like we like vacations and we like to live in the here right. and now and maybe didn't yeah. um, look ahead as as far as we should have in our in our savings for that. But, yeah. you know, I have faith that the Lord's going to bring that all around to uh to show that he, that his glory will shine. You know what I mean? Like in this That's insecurity, right. um, I think when we reach the other side and we're like, man, we have no idea how we did it, but the Lord made it happen and we're able to give That's him right. glory in those things. So, um, but you know, Hey, if you're broke and you don't have a place to live and you need money and, and th- these things are real issues, man. So we know that like, I'm talking about college, which is a luxury, you know, Right. If you're missing out on those things, don't hesitate to reach out to us by email. Um, we'll find you clothing. We'll find you food. We'll find you housing. We'll help you in any way, shape, or form as an organization to get you your basic um, needs met. So, and and if you, uh, we have also resources of job planners and and financial Ooh. experts that I that I personally know that would be more than happy to offer their services to you um, if you need something like that. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. And you're not, you don't have to live in that all by yourself is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Amen. I love it. So the next one is body image, weight, physique, strength, and hair. (laughs) Well, Dan, I'm not going to call you out, right? <laughs> I'm not going to call you out, brother, but you may have some experience with this. Yeah, man. I mean, this this one gets me, you know, and it's it's hard. I mean, I think that inherent when we start talking about insecurity is we wouldn't know we were insecure if we weren't comparing ourselves to other standards, right? Um, so I think that's that's a big one here when we start talking about body image, but yeah, I mean, and I've talked about it other times kind of on the podcast and stuff, but, you know, I've I've struggled with this one for sure. I mean, in terms of, you know, my own weight and kind of a battle to to lose some of that weight. Um, you know, the hair is my own choice. I'm bald for anybody that doesn't know, but that's really kind of my own choice. But, yeah, the body image one, I mean, not that I'm superficial, or at least I don't think that I am, but but certainly this is one that gets me. I mean, I feel like, Satan's at work. There's there's a spiritual battle when we talk about these insecurities. Satan wants to knock a man down. Satan wants uh, a man to feel defeated. He wants to feel him like victory is always like too far out in front of him and he can't grasp it. And um, not that the physical attributes of a man are the most important thing in his life, but I'm talking about even just health and and being the kind of healthy example that I need to be for my family or for others. And I really struggle with that and feel... I feel the insecurity of that. So, yeah. So, um, I'd like to start off this whole part of the conversation with I'm in shape because round is a shape. All right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, I mean, I've like, I, like I, like I started to talk about at the beginning of the show. Um, I just walk through life being like, I don't care how big I am. I don't care, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, I'm just who I am. And that's, if you don't like it, you know, tough, but, you know, is I like I just hit my fifty second year on this planet, right? And thank the right. Lord that I've been graced enough to have that many years to to serve Him and many more to mm. come. I hope. But man, like I had a moment of mortality 
um, the day before my birthday, right? And I and I said yeah. to my wife, I'm like, you know, I've walked this earth more now than I will in the future. You know what I mean? Right. And it starts to let, let you think about legacy and and things like that. And so, and so, like, I have to make some real choices, you know, just like the rest of us, you know, need to start working out, eating better, stop eating chips, you know, whatever. You know, they're all there. Yep. And, and but, but let me just tell you. We should be um, working towards that goal, not because of all the superficial things I just said. Yeah. We should, but we should be doing it so that it, when we are 160 pounds and build a muscle, we can give the Lord the glory, right? right? Because we need Him to get there. You know what I mean? We need Him to stop the addiction to food, to start the addiction to exercise to stop, uh, you know, self-battering ourselves and then the lack of self-confidence. We need him to carry us through that because we can't do it ourselves. We've already tried, right? Yep. And so, like, that's, right. that's really where we're, where we're stuck at. And so, you know, I, obviously, if I remain fat for the rest of my life, I believe I'm going to heaven anyways, right? Right, but right. But it's an incredible opportunity for me to show the power of Jesus just like, and, and people may disagree with me, but just like a person who's addicted to, um, you know, methamphetamines becomes clean and walks out and, and to a, onto stage and gives that testimony, it's only by the grace of God that he's able to do that. And the same That's goes right. for everybody else in whatever situation you're in. It's crazy, man, because I believe all that and have told people that about all kinds of situations in their life, drug addictions, alcohol addictions, porn addictions, all kinds of things. And I've watched God's power just set people free from bondage and, and slavery to stuff that has just absolute power and control over them. And yet here I stand so many times defeated by it. And I've had moments of victory. Dude, it's hard for me to even talk about it. Like you're over there because I see you on the other side of my screen, just like, you know, freely, you know, spitting this stuff out as you're talking about it. And I'm like, man, why can't I even talk about it so freely like that? Because I know that it's kind of locked on to me and is a cage that surrounds me. Right. And it is the thing that Satan uses to say, oh yeah, pastor Dan, you think you're something, huh? You think you got like the word of God for people and you think you're going to like EC men podcast and all this stuff. And he's like, you can't even stop eating what you know you shouldn't be eating, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. man, the way that Satan, and I know there's guys that relate to this that are hearing me say this, and I, I, I wish, and this is my vulnerability and honest moment, is that even by talking about it in a platform like this with the podcast, because this is, this, is, this is bigger vulnerability than what I'm used to. You know, I'm used to a few close confidants, you know, friends, those 3 a.m. friends that Matt Lushko talks about, but... Man, it's a little bit harder to just kind of spell it out there when I know my church can listen to this podcast and be like, man, I didn't even know Pastor Dan was struggling with his weight, you know, but they're like baking me cookies and laying them on my desk for like Christmas. And I know how much they love that and what it means to them to do that. But yet that's all part of the excuses that I make that like, well, my church made that for me, so I should probably eat this whole plate of cookies right here. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just that cycle that we go through. It just messes with your head too, man. And it becomes this stupid distraction from like living out the victory of God. And and honestly, it stops it. Like I, I love prayer so much, man, and praying for people. Like even this week here at church has been a week where it's like God said, spend more time in the prayer room this week than usual. And I have, and miracles have happened. Like literally I've been at times praying for a specific person and my phone text message notification will go off and I will look at the phone and it will be the person I'm praying for. And about the very need that I'm praying about, like I've watched God do things this week and yet still I am there with my bag of chips. Like nobody knows, like, you know, I got to have my bag of chips. Like it's, it's ridiculous. So I'm just being honest about my ridiculousness. Hey, I love you, man. That was awesome. I was awesome. And I'm proud of you for being able to talk about it like that. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. But, but here's the thing though, is that, yes. is that in that vulnerability, comes the power yes. of Christ, because now whoever's listening to this knows I'm going to give Dan a granola bar and not a right. And I'm not being silly. I'm being serious. No, I hear you. Amen. And so, Amen. And so like, it's so what needs to happen. If your whole yeah. congregation knows that you're struggling with that, 
you have a whole congregation of prayer warriors and people that are going to hold you accountable to what you what your what your goals that you're setting is and there's power in Christ in that when we when we don't reveal our sin you yep. it becomes who we are instead of but you know what the you know what the even bigger insecurity in all of it is is that now that I'm honest and open and vulnerable about it then if I don't actually like say lose the weight or get healthier, then I'm an even bigger failure than I was before because it was my personal failure before. Now it becomes a public failure. But here's the thing: if you're if you're working out and you're and you're eating right and you're not losing weight, right? Then yeah. then you're where the Lord needs you to be, and so you know where you're at with that. You know what I mean? Like you know your honesty with the Lord is there. It's it's on it's inevitable. Like He knows everything that's going on. So he knows yep. that. So I would encourage you, man, to to really just talk to your people about that, man, and and, and not yep. be not be ashamed of it. Yep. You know, I love you, man. I I, I, I yeah, hope appreciate you. it. Yeah, yeah. This turned into a counseling session tonight. What happened? <laughs> well, I'm in the same boat, man. But you know, like my my wife is always on me about this and that, and and um. And so, like, I, I deal with the same things, man. So I know exactly what you're feeling right now. One, I've got too many friends that just, like, attaboy me, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I'm, this is another level of honesty here. And some of these dudes probably listen to this podcast. So I'm, I'm in essence, saying something I shouldn't say. But, like, like the attaboys or the, not the attaboys, but the, like, like, hey, it's okay, Pastor Dan. We love you for who you are. And I'm not saying that you just said that. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, nobody's willing to play hardball with me at all. Like, there is – I have not found a man yet. Like, like I'm helping guys deal with porn. You don't think I go to them and I'm like, you know, you know like, if you just watch a couple things of porn this week, you know, as long as you say you're sorry afterwards and, like, stuff, it'll be okay. Like, no, I got code words with these dudes. So they send me text messages and they're like, dude, chips suck. Well, chips don't suck. They're telling me they're in a weak moment and they're going to watch porn and they need me to like tell them not to, right? Well, I'd be a stupid friend if I was like, just watch a little bit of it or I'll come over and take you for it, right? Yeah. So like when I'm struggling because I don't want to have a milkshake, I don't need somebody to come by and say like, hey, you want to go get a milkshake? Well, here's you know the thing, what I'm saying? <laughs> Set up an accountability partner like that where you, if you want to have a milkshake, you text somebody and tell me not to have a milkshake. Yeah. It's the same concept. It's the same addiction. It is. It's just not the. It's not the same addiction, but it's the same thing in your mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, right. though. You're right. I, I have the same problems, man. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I hear you. I'm a. I'm a. Um, you know, like that secret eater type of person. You know what I mean? Like, you know, well, yeah. If nobody sees, if nobody sees you eat it, it you didn't happen. actually eat it, right? It doesn't happen, right? And come on, man. Like, that's just disgusting at this point. So, all right. I got an issue. Uh, we better we better move on. Let's do five because that's, that, that's better. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. You're up. <laughs> all right. Number five on the list. Men's Journal, top eight male insecurities. Number five, sexual intimacy. And by that, they mean sexual performance. The insecurity of it. So, and you know what? I I thought about this one a little bit because obviously it's a big deal because what's every other commercial? Right? Viagra, Cialis. Exactly. Like it's clearly it's, it's a big deal. And part of that is just nature does its thing and we get older and can't do what we once could do. Right. If we're being honest about it. I mean, now it takes uh, me all night to do what I used to do all night. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Sexual intimacy, what do you think? So I've struggled a little bit over the years, you know, about things like that. You know, when I was like, you know, over 10, 15 years ago, I was struggling with a porn addiction and um, yeah, and it and it affected me, my mentality of, you know, um, the, like there's a top three, you know, like uh, your wife's body's not good enough, your one body's not good enough and two bodies aren't good enough. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so like, those yeah. are the three lies of pornography. And so like they affect your performance because you then are only able to um, perform while watching pornography and things like that. And you had to move past that. You know what I mean? So 
So that was yeah. a time in my life that was really a struggle, you know what I mean? And, and luckily the Lord brought me through to the other side. Now, you know, obviously um, I'm 52, so I still struggle in a lot of different ways in that regard. But um, yeah, dude, that was a, that was a real thing for me and a real big insecurity that caused a lot of arguments and a lot of hurt feelings and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. And that's a conversation I think we need to have as a whole what podcast or series of episodes or something and have a conversation, you know, around what you're talking about in the testimony with porn and what God can do to bring people out of that. I, I know for me with uh, the sexual intimacy, it's, it's not one of my insecurities. Um, you know, my wife and I have a, a great relationship and we have a, you know, my, my wife's all I've ever known. You know, I mean, I was this church kid that grew up not exposed to a lot of things. And so, you know, finding out about sex was really just getting married and finding out about my wife. And that's, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. That's been a beautiful part of our, uh, our relationship. I'm and, envious of you for real. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it's not everybody's story, but yeah. So not a struggle with that one, but um, what about number six, physical setbacks, uh, meaning illness and injury and age and the impact that that has on what a man has lost in terms of what he was once able to do. So physical setbacks. So like I'm 52, right? So, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm over halfway to a hundred, you know, I got 48 more years than I'm a hundred. Um, I, I have, I was just talking to Todd Cover about this the other day. I'm like, you know, I feel like, you know, when men see they're in their prime, right. They usually talk about like their thirties, you know what I mean? Because they, yeah. they talk a lot about their physical prime. And so like, right. I don't, I'm, mm. I'm telling you right now, I think that I'm in my prime right now. And I'm going to tell you why Yeah, I'm yeah. still able to do the physical things almost every one of them, obviously, you know, I can't like dunk basketballs or what, you know, dribble, you know, all this stuff I did as a youth, like in sports and stuff, but I'm still able to do everything that I want to do physically. I'm not hampered by like bad backs and bad feet and ankles and all this stuff like that. But, and, but I have the wisdom now to go along with that. Whereas before as a 20, 30 year old, I'm just running around, I'm running and running, going crazy and, doing all these crazy things and I'd get myself in some trouble, whether it be financially, legally, um, making enemies, whatever. Cause I'm going a hundred mile an hour with no wisdom or direction. You know, now I have the wisdom direction and the ability. And so that's why I feel like, I feel like the fifties are your prime because you finally have some of the wisdom that you should have had when you were 20, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. I mean, I'm 45, so I'm a few years set back from where you are, but I can relate to that. I mean, I don't, I don't feel a lot of physical setback yet. I mean, I've got the aches and the pains, and you know, if I'm really active outside with the kids, I'm playing hockey in the street or something. I'm going to feel that for a couple of days. But I agree with you. There's a level of confidence that comes from life experience, from walking with the Lord, from seeing things and going through stuff that really, you know, kind of builds that that wisdom and discernment that you live life with. And so that's interesting. I mean, it's physical setbacks, but you're talking more of a mental kind of approach too, but I'm with you a hundred percent on that. I think that's well said. But once again, like there are men out there that I know that have real physical um, limitations, you know, and I'm sure that that's like a, a, something that you're like, man, why did the Lord give me that? And so that's a real question that you need to ask the Lord What's the purpose for my ailment? Because every one of us has a plan given to us by our creator. And everything that he does for us or allows to happen to us is for our good. Is it Romans 828? I'm a Roman. Everybody says I'm a Roman 12 Christian. I'm a Romans 828 Christian that no matter what the circumstances, I'm going to be better for them. You know what I mean? My good is always in God's mind, right? Whether I create the circumstances or he allows them to be me to be placed in them, at the end of it, I'm going to come out better than what I was. So, yes, there are people lost an arm, and I'm and look, I and I'm talking completely uh, as somebody that has all all my stuff is in line, and I don't know mm-hmm. what they're going through. So I'm not trying to be, um, you know, abrasive, condescending, or un, unthoughtful. 
think about this. God removed or added to you in whatever way it is. Ask him why. Ask him what he wants you to do with that limitation or that problem that you think is a problem. It could be the greatest testimony of all time. But you have to ask ask God and, and let him use it. You you know about Joni Erickson? Yeah, right. Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Johnny and yeah, Friends. Yeah. And and her story. And I just saw a quote from her today that said that when she gets that, because she's, for those that don't know, she's a paraplegic and has been for, what, decades upon decades now. And has started uh, Johnny and Friends, a ministry of special needs to, to the world. Right, really, right, right, churches right. Attached to the gospel. But I saw a quote attributed to her today that she says that when she gets to heaven and she has legs functioning legs for the first time or, or functioning legs at that time, her first move is going to be to get on her knees before her creator and praise God. And I thought, what a, what a beautiful picture from a beautiful woman who has suffered greatly, but God has used, you know, because of her humility and her focus on the Lord. So I can only you know, exactly imagine what you were saying. Yeah. What life will be right. I think I can, you you sing it every only... episode. <laughs> We can only imagine what we're going to do in that situation, man. And and she's an incredible, That's right. incredible testimony for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Praise God. Um, so there's two more on the list here. Number seven, unmet expectations, not living up to real or assumed expectations of others. Unmet expectations. So um, I don't know. If, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I was going to say I I pretend like that one doesn't matter and that all I care about is what God thinks of my life, and I think sometimes that's true. But I have found that sometimes that the older I get, the more that I kind of feel those expectations. I mean, whether it's my wife, whether it's even my kids now that they're older, whether it's the folks here at church. And obviously you can't please everybody. So I, I think that can become a, a breeding ground or fertile soil for insecurity to grow when you're paying too much attention to the expectations that other people have on you. So think, I mean, I agree with you because you know, you're, you're supposed to find your identity in Christ and other people's expectations aren't supposed to matter and all that jazz. Right. However, right. There are expectations that are set upon you that matter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like your wife's expectations of you, your children's expectations of you, you know, your congregation or your employer, you know, um, as a deacon, like the, the congregation's expectations of service from, from the deacons is important. And those unmet expectations have a kingdom-wide, you know, a, a, a godly kingdom ramification. So I think we have to worry about some of those expectations. Right. But, you know, whenever you're looking at people that are like, well, I shot a deer and you didn't get one and you're expected to get one, and, it, and that don't mean nothing. You know what I mean? You have to let that run off like water off a duck's back, you know, like you can't allow those expectations to uh, control your behaviors or attitudes or, or how you act. Those are not as important. So you have to have a power of discernment there, I think, to uh, know what's important and what's not. I don't even know how many of those unimportant expectations are even real. Or they're only perceived in our mind. Because I think one of the areas where I'll struggle is that I'll put I'll put expectations on myself that really don't exist. So in other words, I'll, I'll give you some examples. I'll struggle sometimes with like, well, maybe my house isn't as nice as a neighbor's house. You know, maybe my yard's not kept up as nice as theirs is. You know, and I'll make silly statements driving home, you know, on a Sunday from church or something like, oh, you know, the neighbors mowed their lawn again. I guess I didn't keep up with the Joneses or whatever. Or, you know what I mean? Or or another one might be, you know, like I don't hunt and I don't, you know, fix my own car. And some of those things that feel like they're expectations of masculinity. So when we're talking about masculine insecurity, I project on my own self this judgment that I assume that my neighbor or like my mechanical friends or like my hunting friends like you, Roger, might think like, well, I think less of Dan because he doesn't, you know, like we went, what, boar hunting or something in Oklahoma last year. The whole hunting party's holding a rifle and I'm walking through with my hands in my pockets, you know, like, and in that moment you feel a little bit like, well, why am I not like the rest of the guys and don't have 
the gun in my hand. And then I've, I've come to realize like God's done a work in my heart of grace to show me that like, Hey Dan, guess what? Not everybody's thinking these stupid things that you think they're thinking of you, you know? And it took me a long time to kind of, to kind of come to terms with that, that I wasn't being judged by my neighbors and friends. You know, um, I don't know where I heard this at before, but somebody said to me that every single person has a place in the kingdom of God. Right. And so we shouldn't have expectations for people. What you're doing is your expectation to get Christ laid on your heart to do. And so like, if you're singing a song, if you're up on the pulpit and you're singing every Sunday up on, up on the stage and, and I have an expectation that you should be a door greeter. Well, that's my expectation. That ain't what the Lord laid on your heart. And so like, as long as you find your identity in Christ, Everybody's expectations shouldn't matter, number one. Number two, we shouldn't be placing unreasonable expectations on other people because if they're not comfortable doing it, they're they're not gonna do it. You know what I mean? If they're not if they're not if that's not their gift from the Holy Spirit, then that they're not gonna do it. So we just have to keep yeah. that in mind, you know. Well, I think related to that, another insecurity that I felt over times is the when somebody then did step in and help me. Like let's say like I've got an awesome friend here at church that'll help me with mechanic stuff for my car, saves me a bunch of money, you know, kind of steps in and does some things with me and for me. And there was a time where I thought like, like almost guilty, but not guilty, maybe more shame is the word I'm looking for. And that's tied into the insecurity here. I felt shame like, well, why has he got to do that for me? And I can't do that for myself. And it was actually my wife that helped give me a better perspective on that, which she was like, the reason why people want to step in to help you is because sometimes you do for them what maybe they couldn't find to do for themselves, whether it was counseling them or yeah. sharing the word of God with them or really just being the the pastoral friend and minister and influence that they needed. So that really helped write my my mental like perception on that to realize that just like you were saying, we're all gifted in different ways and following that call of God. And it's really okay for me to allow somebody to minister to me because they're getting a blessing out of that opportunity to step in and and to serve me and that I can't close them off for that. And I don't know why I did that, but I just had this sense like, don't come and help me too much because then I'm not a man, you know? And it's God really had to squelch or squash that mentality in me. Well, look, all of us in the whole world only do one thing that's perfect amongst all of us. And that's being broken, yeah. right? Everybody I broken really well. Exactly. <laughs> We're both proficient in it. And you could say yep. that to the other 7.5 billion people in the world. Every yep. single one of them is awesome at being broken. But guess what? One guy has the gift of administration. One guy has the gift of teaching. One guy has the gift of mechanics. One guy has the gift of counseling one guy has and everybody has different gifts and that's what makes the community of the church is those people it's beautiful and it's beautiful because i don't have to be a good counselor because dan's a good counselor you know what i mean all i have to say is hey brother go talk to dan and then dan does (laughs) his thing right and then dan doesn't have to be a great at changing oil because he can say hey brother roger can you change my oil Got you, Dan. I'm coming over. And that's why, you know, like being a socialist society, you know, or communism is really what Christianity is supposed to be like, is that you're supposed to do for me. I'm going to do for you and all this stuff. The only problem is, is we're broken. And so it doesn't work out until the Lord and Savior comes back to rectify that. You know what I mean? So that's what that's what it's all about. You don't have to worry about the expectations because the only expectation you have is to be broken. Everything else yeah. is a gift. Well, and it goes back to where we kind of started when you were kind of sharing is that you got to swallow that pill, that pill, and that pill is pride. Right. You got to get it out of the way. Pride hinders us from being open, being honest, and then accepting the help that we need. So, hey, I know time is, is getting on here. So why don't we can, – can we just talk for a second about what guys can do to – I don't know, have a healthier perspective on their insecurity. I mean, I think we've we've agreed somehow during this podcast that insecurity isn't all bad. It's not like it all has to be flushed because insecurity is pointing us to the Savior and pointing us to the grace of God. But what do you think are some other things guys can do to, to be healthy 
with their insecurity. So we kind of skipped the last one because we're running out of time, but I think it's the most important one is emotional insecurity. Hit it. Because emotional maturity, social emotional Hmm. learning is the most important thing for every man to to hmm. to uh, accomplish and i'll tell you why me yeah. i'm 52 year old man my nephew's 20 right so we were, yeah. we were and they were at my house over thanksgiving and me and him were just sitting on the couch just acting silly just just talking right. all kind of stupid stuff about you know 15 year old stuff right and my mm-hmm. wife says you know what every man in the world has never moved past the age of 15 and if they have, they can always revert back to it real quickly and, and assume uh-huh. that identity again, right? Yeah. And we as men fail to move our social-emotional learning to the next level. We let it stall at whatever age that is, whether it be 15, 18, 20, whatever it is. Um, but that's the most important thing, and that's what I think if, if, if we really want to make an impact in our society – as godly men, we have to really just grab a hold of our emotions and increase our emotional intelligence where we're able to see when somebody's hurting, we're not laughing. Or when somebody right. when somebody has something serious to talk about, we're not making a joke. <clears throat> or when our wives want to talk to us about something about our kids, we don't get um, all frustrated because we want to watch a football game. You know, those are just some random uh, things that I know about. But social emotional learning is the most important thing for men because we get stuck where we're where 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 we were where we felt most comfortable where we felt most comfortable at. And you know, I felt most comfortable probably around fifteen to seventeen. You know what I mean? Because I I felt I felt I filled in everywhere at that point. You know, I think that's the most important thing. And so honestly, to be able to facilitate that or to grow in maturity in that area, we're going to need good godly friendships in which we can have some level of vulnerability where we can speak openly and genuinely emotionally and have that be treated with respect. Like you said, not laughed at, but not gloated over either and have it to be understood and met with somebody that actually cares so you're talking about men are going to need to be emotional. Well, and I got I got some men around me that will tell me, you know, like have an argument or have a discussion with your wife, and and she's like, "What is wrong with you, man? You're acting like you're 15 again," and you're like, yeah. and you're offended because you're insecure about what she just said to you because you're a man. I'm a man. I don't act like I'm 15, right? <laughs> right. So what I do is I call up one of my guys. I'm like, "Hey, I just said this to my wife," and he's like, "What is wrong with you, dude? You're acting like you're 15." Right. Because <laughs> right. we have that because we have that trust between us where he's uh-huh. able to tell me that. And I'm like, man, why are you always on her side or, you know, whatever we laugh about a little bit. And then I got to come back and humble myself and say, look, I'm sorry for acting like I was 15 and be serious about the subject or whatever it is. And so, like, right. that's an important part of being a man is that godly guidance you can get from other men that you surround yourself right. with. Yep. Yeah, it's been so important to me in my life, the the godly men who I've been able to respect and go to and share the things that I've been able to share with them. And they've helped me. I mean, much like we've done here tonight, just by being open and honest with some of these things with each other. So the last thing we can do is ignore, or the worst thing we can do is ignore the insecurities that we have because they're not going away just because we pretend that they're not there. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing we've, we've probably touched on some wounds tonight or, you know, have, have talked to some guys and made them aware of their own insecurities. Maybe some guys have even shut off the podcast prematurely tonight because they didn't want to deal with the subject. I mean, you know, so there needs to be hope. And, um, I mean, I think the, the thing that I want to express is that there's, there's hope in Christ. And, um, I don't know. I mean, we started in second Corinthians 12, you know, where the Lord says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is how much I need to embrace God's grace and not just for others, but over my own life as well Um, to receive that, to know that God loves me even when I don't match my own expectations 
and certainly when I don't live up to the expectations of others. He loves insecure me, even when I'm struggling with that. And the same is true for you, Roger. The same is true for anybody that's listening tonight and struggling. So, yeah. You got any last thoughts on that, my my brother? No, man. I think that, uh, you know, if if we men would, would, like I said, if you don't even know what emotional learning is, social-emotional intelligence, a simple Google search will broaden your horizon and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But, man, like if you would then take that into consideration in your life and just start adding it as you add salt to a plate, you know, I think that, I think that you're going to find that you're, that that salt's really going to season your life to where you're able to um, have those conversations with your wife or your kids and with other men and not feel insecure in what you're talking about. And at that point, I think you'll find real growth in your, in your relationship with your, with your spouses or in your, and your friends as well as Christ. Like, I think that that's what you'll really find out by doing that. Amen. Well said, brother. I appreciate your, your wisdom tonight on this, uh, this subject. So, I mean, I feel in some ways I feel exhausted by this episode and also hopeful because of this episode. And, uh, I felt that know, the Holy I've, spirit was just guiding the whole conversation through from, from the front yeah. to end. And, um, I have to be entirely honest with you. Um, I wasn't really meant, I don't think I was coming into tonight with all that on my heart and it just came out. So I don't even know where it came from. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. To have it well, on. we both know we want the Holy Spirit to use this for his good, for our good, his glory, mm-hmm. and I uh, think he's doing that. So, Absolutely. Well, why don't we pray? I'll pray if you don't mind, yeah, brother, and we'll get rolling. Lord, thank you for uh, just an honest conversation tonight, Father. We pray that this conversation on record now would help a lot of men, that as they listen, Lord, they wouldn't be afraid to admit the areas where they feel insecure. But, Father, they would bring in humility those insecurities before you, Father, knowing first that you love them, that your grace is sufficient for them, and that your power is made perfect in their weakness. Father, I pray that they would understand the uh, the emotional being that you created them to be and how for those emotions can be a healthy part of their personality and of how they navigate this life, Lord, and handle the way that they feel. Um, Pray, Lord, that we wouldn't be in comparison mode with ourselves one to another, but ultimately, Father, coming because of your word close to you, shaped by your Holy Spirit to be the men that you desire us to be for your glory. So thank you for the friendship with Roger, Lord, and just the the sharing openly together, both in the in the public view through this podcast, but just the the private side of the relationship, Lord, and just the the sharpening of iron to iron as men who Amen. who love you and want to be close to you, Lord. Amen. So and that's our prayer. God, thank you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey man, and wrapping this up, uh, don't forget to register for the Forge Men Retreat. If you haven't listened to episode 16, check it out. The keynote speaker, Doug Black, is on that episode. Uh, we want to come out, meet you, um, talk to us, you know, give us maybe some podcast ideas, shoot us an email to uh, ecmen.org um, at Matt, Dan, or Roger's email address. And, um, you know, if you feel it in your heart that the Holy Spirit's leading you to give to the ministry, please go on, on ecmen.org and, uh, and give as your heart uh, commands you to do. And uh, just love you, Dan. We'll talk to you later. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode.